Welcome to Zebra's Popcast, short, inspiring, and informational segments pulled from our weekly furniture refinishing podcast, Zebra's Before and After. Today's Popcast features a clip from Season 1, Episode 44. We spoke with Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture Restorations and Sarah Bolton of Sitting Pretty Home Decor on how to find your personal style as a furniture refinisher. Enjoy. How would you each describe your own style? Well, for me, I think my style is exactly where what my business name is, is perfectly imperfect. So I never want my furniture to look like it's a brand new piece of furniture because it's not. Um, My clients and the people who like my work or are buying from me are not looking to buy a brand new perfect piece of furniture. If that's what they wanted, they they wouldn't be a client of mine. They would, you know, be going to a furniture store. But I do kind of stick to what makes my furniture me is that um, that it's perfectly imperfect. I'm not looking for um, that brand new look. I like a rustic look. I like the distressed look. I do like vintage or older furniture, um, but I like it to be updated. I like to have it, you know, give it a, a, a new life. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sarah? I kind of feel like Jen. Um my style is sort of a mix of all different things. But if I had to box it in, I would say it's like modern antique. I like mixing old with new. Um, Mm -hmm. I like taking old pieces and keeping that character, but putting modern hardware on them or some type of modern finish. I think any one of my pictures, on like on my Instagram feed, you can see some very modern aspect, even if it is like a really old antique piece. And I struggled to get there. And and I I still sometimes struggle. I will see someone else post a piece and I'm like, oh, I need to do that. And then I'm like, well, why? Why do I need to do that? That's not me. That's that's them. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are some things that I'm not good at. Blending. I am horrible at blending and I am in (laughs) awe of blenders. (laughs) Um, And I accept that. I'm good with that. And I think that's the that's been the, the biggest struggle for me over the last couple of years that I'm finally starting to be okay with is that I have things that I'm good at and I have things that I'm not good at. And once you find those things and you really perfect them, that's that's when you take off with your business and your style and you know and you. Uh, let's talk about inspiration. And I think this is helpful for for folks as well when they're thinking about you know like what is my style or how do I go about you know, getting inspiration. And, and I know there's the, you know, the typical uh, responses, which are good and valid, but is there anything outside of those, um, like, for example, the social media that you guys go to to get inspiration? I like to order catalogs. Um, you can get all kinds of free catalogs from different stores and interior design companies. I love our house and restoration hardware, and I will go through them and find things that speak to me and try to even if I'm not replicating the piece, just sort of get like color inspiration and hardware inspiration from those and find a way to make the piece fit in with what I like, but also make it my own. Um, same for me. I, I do that a lot. And like Sarah said, these catalogs are free. So if you, you know, if you're not getting these in the mail, like call the 800 number, go online and order them because there is something different about looking at them, you know, ter- physically turning the pages and looking at them versus looking that looking at them on your screen, because there's more that pops out. There's more that you notice. Um, so I do that a lot too, and I think it's super inspiring because a lot of these 
catalogs um, have pieces of furniture that are very expensive and outside of everybody's, for the most part, you know, budget and price range. One of the things I was going to ask is how often do you try new styles? And then I was going to also ask you, do you, you know, do you make it a point to push yourself outside of your comfort zone? But really, when you think about it, trying a new style is in essence pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. I specifically remember um, probably about a year and a half, two years ago, maybe doing a piece. I remember the exact piece of furniture and I actually still have it in my house. I was looking at probably Instagram and there's a few refinishers who I just adore and admire and, um, you know, would, would ooh and ah over every piece that they did. And I don't remember the exact piece that I was like trying to make my own, but I do remember just loving this piece of furniture. And I had this, this dresser, it was, it's a big, like waterfall style dresser. And I was working on it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do what I'm going to do what she did. I'm going to paint it black and I'm going to use white hardware and you know, no distressing or whatever and um was super excited about it because her piece looked so good and by her I don't even remember who it was at this point, but I just remember seeing this piece and thinking it was so beautiful and I was going to do do something the same. I did it and I absolutely hated it um it it wasn't the right piece of furniture to do it on a and b it just as beautiful as it was it wasn't my style it was hers so when i got done with it it was like this huge like <sighs> like disappointment like shoulder shrugging moment like what did i just do why did i do that i was disappointed in myself but also it was a huge wake up call for me and from that moment on i think i was just like you know what? It's great to take inspiration from other people, um, but you also have to do what you love and go with your gut and do what you think is right. And the minute that I started doing that with that with my furniture consistently was when I think my pieces really started to to stand out and started to sell. And I think the other part of your question, Lane, was, you know, do you push yourself outside of your comfort zone? And, mm -hmm. you know, I do. I I do try to do that because you never want to, you know, you want to be able to um, stay relevant and you don't always want to stick to one specific style because styles are, they're changing, they're evolving. Mm -hmm. So I never want to kind of put myself in this this black hole of th this is me and this is what I do and this is what I'm going to stay with. So I am always trying um, new things. But what I have learned, and Sarah has touched on this um, earlier too, is that there's some things that I I'm just not good at and I'm okay with that. There's a lot of things that I am good at. So that's what I try to stick with. And while I will try new things, I'm absolutely okay if I try it and it doesn't work out. So, you know, I, I think it's important to to keep trying new things, but don't get too down on yourself if it doesn't feel like you or if it doesn't work out or if it doesn't look as good as so-and-so's. Maybe it just isn't for you. And I think one of the things that has really helped me to keep pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and trying new things is getting involved in these communities, especially on Instagram. The furniture community mm -hmm. is amazing. There's so many um, 
contests and hashtags. You know, the Zebra Diaries is one of them that always inspires me with the monthly themes. So I think staying involved and staying on top of those types of things will help you develop your style. Mm, great advice. Sarah? It's definitely a hard balance to find, um, to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, but also keep it you. Um, I still struggle with that. I did some end tables over the summer and they were free. I found them on the side of the road. They had been in my shed for like two years and I pulled them out and I'm like, okay, here's my chance to do something, you know, different, push myself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do mustard. I think Natalie from Array of Sunlight had done a really beautiful chippy mustard piece and I had wanted to do mm -hmm. that color since I saw it. So I got online and I found something else someone had done with a combination of mustard and stained wood. So I stained the tops of these tables and painted the bottoms mustard and instantly I was like, these are hideous. <laughs> and, <laughs> But I questioned myself. I thought, well, maybe it's just me. So I asked on Instagram. And of course, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, I love them. And that made me question it even more. I'm like, maybe I should just go with it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't listening to my instincts. And I did keep going with it. And finally, I was like, no, I don't like these. They're ugly. <laughs> I don't care if anyone else likes them. I don't like them. So I painted over the stained wood, which was heartbreaking because it was a lot of work, but I painted the whole thing still and then I love them. I pushed myself outside my comfort zone, but I, I did it too much and by trying to copy something else that I had seen. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's a hard balance and don't be afraid for, for you know anybody that's listening, don't be afraid to ask questions, ask someone how someone did a technique or what inspired them to do that. Because I think listening to someone else's journey or someone else's stories or techniques will help you sort of get in tune with your own inner voice. Cause we all have an inner voice. It's just, it's hard sometimes to listen to it. There's a lot of noise, you know, from the internet and other people and you kind of have to learn to, to block that out. I tell people all the time, like go with your gut. So, so many times you are going to have like an initial gut feeling about a piece and I've, I've made that mistake where, you know, there, like Sarah said, there's so much noise. And by noise, it's there's so many different colors. There's so many different options. There's so many different styles. But I think always just going back to your initial gut feeling on a piece is, um, is the way to go. A lot of us are overthinkers and there is so much out there. But when you, when you really reel it back in and you kind of look at it that way, it's just paint. You know, it, it does kind of make you feel better. Now, I ask sometimes folks this question, do either of you sign your pieces when you're done with a piece? Like physically sign them? Yeah, like do you put your signature anywhere on the piece? Like on, let's say on the back. I mean, I know obviously you wouldn't run it across the top or the front, but do you put your signature somewhere on the piece? No, I don't. And I heard you ask someone else this on the podcast. I think it was, I think it was Katie Scott. Mm -hmm. So I remember I listened to hers and you asked her that too. And I was like, what a great idea. Um, so a few years ago, I actually bought this. My dad suggested it to me. He told me that I should be doing that. And he suggested this like branding tool. So mm -hmm. you, yes. you, I bought this um, branding tool that you could get your logo put on and then you heat up the tool and you know you could brand it into the the back of the dresser or the side the side of a drawer 
Um, so I found online where I could buy one and um, my logo has since changed, but it was so small. I kind of misjudged the measurements and stuff. So it, it didn't work. It didn't look the way that I wanted it to look, but I would love to look into that further because I thought that was a great idea and I'd love to do something like that. Do you do that, Sarah? Is there some way that you put identification on your piece? No, but that's actually one of my goals for, for 2020 is mm-hmm. to is to get a brand or some type of, of signature like that. I love that. Yeah, I think that's so important and, and we're encouraging refinishers to do that as well because I think it continues to help establish the fact that you guys are artists. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. Thanks for listening to the Zebra Popcast. We hope you tune in next Wednesday to listen to the Zebra Before and After podcast as we chat with Carlos and Katja Hernandez with the Katja channel on how to monetize your furniture refinishing business beyond selling your pieces. The emphasis is on YouTube. Until next time, happy refinishing.